What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. Today we have wildcard baseball, week three of the NFL, some crazy contenders emerging in the NFL, and some rivalries that have been reignited. We are going to get all right back into it in just a second. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for checking us out for another week. We are on episode 102. My name is Julian Osius. I'm here in Brooklyn. What's going on, brother? Yo, yo, yo. What's popping, bro? I'm hype. Yankees coming off a sweep. Baseball only got one week left till we get into the postseason. Week Sorry. three of football was interesting. I'm ready to get into it, bro. Yeah, and, you know, we got a week, a little bit over a week left in MLB. October is around the corner, which yes, is sir. crazy. It's it's like fall time now. That I don't know where that came from. It's about from, to be hoodie season, baby. It is about to be hoodie season. Barely in Florida, but we, we pretend anyway. We wear them. We, we wear them. <laughs> yes, we do. We sweat in silence. We sweat in silence. But, yeah, um, before we get into the baseball stuff, though, let's talk some football. Uh, real quick, college stuff happened. A lot of upsets went on. Arkansas looks like the real deal. Clemson is just having a tough tough go to start their year. Uh, they're the third highest ranked ACC team in the latest AP poll, which has got to be the first time in a long time that they've been that low on the ACC totem pole. And uh, the top five is looking a little different than it has in recent years. I mean, Alabama and Georgia are still number one and two. That makes a lot of sense. But Oregon, Penn State, and Iowa being three, four, and five, really cool to see some some new teams up there at the top. I'm always down for one of the random teams or just teams that haven't been there in a while just start making their way into the – top spots it's so good for whatever respective sport we talking about it's so dope bro and i know yeah, you're I'm... happy with your ducks over there yeah oregon's playing really well um uh, they're, they're looking a little weird at times but at the end of the games they are taking care of their business they are undefeated is... and they're the number three team in the country right now which you know a win over ohio state will do that for you and they're looking good pac-12 doesn't look too great this year if they go undefeated we got some big stuff coming for the ducks this year so let's go ducks, let's go ducks. absolutely um and yeah, besides those upsets, I mean, it was a pretty normal week. Georgia beat a team like sixty-eight to nothing. Uh, poor Vanderbilt. I'm sorry, you guys have to go through that. At least, you, at least you guys are good at football, or not football, baseball. <laughs> Certainly not football. <laughs> at least you guys are good at baseball. Yep. Uh, we we got something going on over there. But uh, yeah, let's get into NFL Week Three. It was a pretty wild week. There were some really good games. Uh, any that you want to highlight to start? I mean, let's just start with the Chiefs going down. Yeah, Herbie, Herbie and the Chargers taking them down 30 to 24. At times, the Chiefs looked like they were making their little comeback like they always do when they go down. Right. Thought it was everything was scripted. We're good. No, nothing to worry about. And then it happens. Yeah. Chiefs and go down. It's kind of cool, too. Um, You know, Herbert has a really good game. Just essentially outduels Patrick Mahomes um, in like every facet. No turnovers, four touchdowns for Justin Herbert today. Uh, Mike Williams absolutely balled out with two touchdowns and over 100 yards. Uh, Not even a number one guy. So cool to see somebody on the Chargers that's not Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler provide some boost to the offense. 
And, uh, you know, they, they had a good game plan. They had, I think, four takeaways during this game. And you're going to struggle to win any game if you're losing the turnover battle for nothing. So this being as close as it even was, it was a one-score game at the end of it. Um, and Mahomes had the ball at the end of the game. Pretty impressive that it was as close as it was. But the Chargers going in to Kansas City and stealing a win when they kind of had a rough go to start the year. I mean, they, they could very easily and should probably be 3-0. and uh, and and could have been one and two after this with their schedule looking a lot harder. Coming out of this two and one, Chiefs are one and two. Some very interesting vibes out of those two teams right now. And we spoke about it so many times, and we're probably going to keep on speaking about it with the Chiefs. I mean, not the Chiefs. I'm sorry, the Chargers last year losing those close games. Now, roll it around to this year. From what we see now, that's a big win in a close game that they pull out. Can they keep on doing it? That's something to look at. Yeah, can they keep doing it? And again, the Chargers have lost so many close games. So many, bro. So many. And for them to get a close game victory against a team like this who just wins these comeback style games. Oh, absolutely. That's got to be a big morale boost. They got to feel, hey, we can do that. We can win these games. And, you know, just being able to feel that way. Uh, really changes the way you kind of approach those games moving forward. So I expect them to play in a lot more close games. I don't think they're going to be blowing too many teams out, but I do think they're better than most of the teams they're going to be playing. So if they can win these games, they're going to be in good shape come the end of the season. I mean, this is a tough division, and to have already a foot above the Chiefs, got to be feeling pretty good. Absolutely. No doubt Especially, Especially with the two other teams in their division right now, the Broncos are 3-0. and Granted, the Broncos maybe played the three worst teams in NFL history. They might have had the easiest starting schedule in NFL history. I don't even... I, I don't even... I can't think of a team who's ever played three worst teams to start their year. Can you? Not I'm sure there head, is, no. but yeah. not off the top like this. And I mean, I think the Broncos are a decent, capable team. Clearly, they've taken care of their business against... The, the Jets, Giants, and uh, Jaguars. So, like, clearly they're taking care of business, but yeah. I don't know what to think of them yet. And then when you look at the other team that's 3-0 in that division with the Raiders, who absolutely had a barn burner of a game. I know you didn't get to watch most of this, but this game was pretty ugly. It, it was a very classic Raiders game. It was pretty ugly. Uh Missed kicks on both sides. Overtime, both teams hit a field goal in OT. There's a safety involved here. A lot happened. Some blown coverages that were just really yeah. bad. There was a fourth and 20 in overtime. Oakland could have won the game and sealed it, and they give up a fourth and 20 from the Dolphins' own end zone to keep the drive going, which they eventually score a field goal on. This game was ugly. Raiders pull it out, though. Their car has looked pretty darn good to start the year. Looking like that Derek Carr from five years ago. Raiders are 3-0, and and they beat the Steelers. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Dolphins. Three pretty decent teams. Absolutely. So kind of the opposite of that Broncos thing. They're already battle-tested two overtimes through week three. And we spoke about the Raiders a good little bit that they could surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah, and... I think we were saying they could surprise people, but like we wouldn't be shocked either if they were just terrible. No. 
Um, they, they were I, right there where it's like, yeah, either way. And, and I'm not convinced yet that they're not terrible, honestly. <laughs> uh, but that's still kind of to be seen. I mean, these these overtime victories are encouraging. Like winning these close games like that are obviously a big deal. We'll see where that goes with them. But they aren't currently in first place sharing it with the Broncos. Who would have thought the Raiders and the Broncos would be in first three weeks into the year with the Chiefs in last place? Who would have thought? I mean, anytime you can go into a week and put up almost 500 yards of total offense, something, gotta, uh, something gotta to be feel, happy about. Got to feel pretty decent, right? Yeah, even if it's a sloppy game, at, at least you got, you got something to look at. For the yeah, and then speaking of very good divisions i mean we predicted this division to be incredible to start the year i think we both thought this division would only have one or two losses coming into this week they wind up having a couple more mostly because of the seahawks and their really 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 bad defense which um they should probably start to worry about uh Pete carroll being a defensive coach can't be uh letting the vikings score at will and every team they kind of played this year score at will um whenever they get the ball they forced two punts or four total punts in the last two weeks that's not gonna win you games no not at all it's not gonna win you games and they're lucky that this game against the vikings this is the first win the vikings have had against the seahawks in their last seven attempts so I'm sure that feels really good for them to get the monkey off the back kirk cousins looked incredible today no dalvin cook Madison looked great. All the receivers played very well. This game could have easily been 42-17. to 17. They just wound up settling on some field goals. Uh, yeah, kind of a domination, honestly, shout after out, the first shout quarter. Shout out to your boy, Kirk. Yeah, he's played very, very well. I mean, if they make that field goal kick last week and Dalvin doesn't fumble against the Bengals, he'd probably in the MVP can- candidacy early in the year. Granted, it's week three, but yeah, he's in that conversation. Um Speaking of in that conversation, Josh Allen. Oh, man. Stud. Oh, man. I saw somebody on TikTok started the entire Buffalo Bills offense this week, and they won by 40. Because Josh Allen throwing for three, <laughs> 358, Zach Moss going off with a touchdown and 60 yards. Like, that's a lot of points. And they scored 43 against a really good team in Washington, or defensive team in Washington, so... Cool little stat right here. Josh Allen's the first Buffalo player in history with four pass touchdowns, no interceptions, and a rushing touchdown in a game. Five total touchdowns from Josh Allen. Looking really, really good after that week one. Kind of a stumble out of the gate. It wasn't – I wouldn't be too worried about that. Don't, you, don't put you can too never be too worried about a, a week one little shamble like that. Like you Especially just for a good offensive team that didn't play good offense. like Exactly. You just take it, it on the chin. All right, cool. Won't happen again. No problem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of good offenses, that is not the words that you would use to describe the Chicago Bears. Um, <laughs> you have to think Matt Nagy's job is on life support currently. It. Here's the best way to describe it, right? Justin Tucker hit a game-winning field goal to have the Ravens beat the Lions yesterday, right? The longest field goal in NFL history to ice the game. Justin Tucker is the best kicker of all time. If you don't think so, you're dumb. We'll have this conversation, and you'll lose this conversation, right? Justin Tucker's kick of 66 yards 
was longer than the total amount of yards the Bears had in this game. Let's, you want to talk about the Bears passing yards that way they yes. had? Yes. They had net one passing yard. Net one passing yard. And granted, that's a weird one because, like, he threw for 68 and he was sacked for 67. So I don't really know why that went towards passing yards. It should have went towards rushing yards. No. But. Either way. When he gets sacked nine times, I'm surprised they scored six. Good for them for scoring six because I don't know how they got in position to do it. Again, Justin Tucker, 66-yard field goal was more total yards than the Bears had in an entire NFL football game. Let's talk about that field goal, too, while while we're at it. That thing Incredible. Incredible. off the bottom crossbar and just phew, right through. Insane to win in, the game. Insane, too, because, like, if there's any, if there's ever a team that's really benefited from a kicker having a giant leg, it's the Lions. Like when they had Matt Prater for all those years, Matt Prater had the record for the longest field goal ever prior to this kick. Yeah. And Matt Prater's hit several over 60 or at 60. So to, to have the Lions kind of lose on a kick like that, a little just desserts after all the, uh, the riches they've had in the kicker department. No other department but the kicker department. <laughs> shout out to the kickers shout out to the kickers um rams bucks was less of an exciting game than we were hoping for honestly yeah that was the one i had circled on this week like i was yeah. really looking forward to this game and shout out to the rams yeah it was a defensive battle for the first quarter um the Bucks just really, really clearly need some help at defensive back. Sean Murphy Bunting going down to start the year is just not uh, not a good sign for the Bucks. They're still a very good team. I think the Rams are probably the best team in football to this point. We talked about it on the NFL preview. I think they're the most talented roster in the league outside of the Chiefs. And adding Matt Stafford just really puts some life into this team. I really like them going forward. Winning this game kind of proves that to me. This is the first Bucks loss since week 12 of last year. We spoke about that last night, and it was just insane. They Because the way they started last year, it was so like finicky with everything. And then once yeah. they got rolling, I don't even think we realized that it was that much of a steamroll. No, we didn't. We didn't. We knew they were winning, but we didn't realize it was like that yeah. until like the NFC Championship. We're like, wait, this team hasn't lost in a while. <laughs> and yeah. once we saw that, it was like, wow. All right. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Yeah. And hey, I mean, it feels a little weird right now because I know I've seen like a lot on social media and Twitter that people are like, what's wrong with the Bucks? Like, their defense isn't good. Their defense isn't good. Oh, no, oh, no. Listen, you played a really good L.A. team in L.A. It's week three. Let's relax. Let's relax. Although 35 rushing yards on the ground ain't, ain't going to help much either, so. Yeah. Yeah, those backs are not very good. Yeah. We knew, we knew that, though. We knew that, though. Well, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Football-wise... Uh, Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron yeah. Rodgers things. 37 Dude. seconds, no timeouts. Yep. Gets the ball back. Marches down the field. Scores Aaron Rodgers things. Crazy. Yeah. Good Sunday night football game. Also, Devontae Adams had no business being in that game. 
Yeah. We, Devontae we're Adams it last night 100% got a concussion. I don't know why he was able to stay in that game. He was knocked out cold. He was rocked. Like he was, he there, made there the, was he was the reason they won the game. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He was the out. reason they won this game. But like, absolutely. He that sat there. Drive, they hit him twice. He sat there for a hot second, and we were yeah. just like, "Is this guy like alive? Genuinely, I don't know. The hit yeah. was really hard. Should have been a flag. Don't know why it wasn't. There was a tripping later called, and it was weird. And I'm like, "Why is that a?" F-? NFL's great. Officiating was all over the place this weekend. This game, baseball, there was a Cardinals fiasco. Officiating was weird. Yeah. Go Pack Go, I guess. Not for me. I hate him, but Aaron Rodgers uh, looks like he wants to play football again. So He wants that last dance. So. I guess. I've had it, man. If I guess. That's how we're going to go out. Go out strong. Go out strong. Why not? For real. It, it's, All the right. fa- it's the fantasy that they have. Interesting. Interesting. It's the fantasy. It's the fantasy. Huh. I know a guy. Um, his name is Gerard. He knows a lot about fantasy. Uh, let's go to his corner and find out who was really good this week. Yeah. What's up, everybody? What's it's up? your boy, G-Man, and we're back again with week three of Fantasy Corner. This week, we're going to go ahead and go through our progress support for the uh, first three weeks of the season. We're going to go ahead and tell you all the top performers, people who I think is disappointing, and things that we know after the first three weeks. So top performers for week three, we have at the number one QB position is my boy, Josh Allen. Josh Allen had 358 yards, five total touchdowns, and 37 fantasy points. I told y'all they were elite. Y'all didn't listen to me. Now y'all scared. Next, we got Najee Harris, 102 receiving yards, 14 receptions, and 28 points. And that's a running back doing that, so... Yeah, yeah, I don't even got to say nothing about that one. Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers is number one in the wide receiver this week. 122 yards, seven receptions, and two total touchdowns. Mike Williams has it going on the first three weeks with him over there in L.A. with that new offense. Look for that to keep up the rest of the year. The tight end one position, we have Tyler Conklin this week. Seven yards, seven receptions, one touchdown. And for y'all who don't know that is, that's on the Vikings. I don't even think I knew who, actually, I'm not going to lie to you. I knew who he was, but majority of y'all probably don't. He's a good waiver wire pickup because that offense is elite over there. They're just really unlucky. That's why they're one and two. The QB number one through the first three weeks is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is on the tear. He's on an MVP campaign season for the first three weeks. Look for him to keep that going. Derrick Henry is the running back one through three weeks. Had an off week one, had a stellar week two, and had a stellar week three. And he's going to keep that going easily. Top three uh, running back when it's all said and done. Wide receiver one is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, no surprise, five touchdowns through three games. Look for him and Matt Stafford to keep that going for the rest of the year, no doubt. Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end, and that's no surprise. Best tight end in football, again, and he'll probably keep that going, especially with the Chiefs one and two. They're going to start launching that ball the whole game. Disappointing players through the first three weeks. Matt Ryan is super disappointing of the Atlanta Falcons. QB 24. Matt Ryan is someone who we look to to throw for 400, 500 yards in a losing effort, but still have four or five touchdowns a game. 
That's not happening right now. Julio Jones leaving that team definitely impacted them a lot. Running back 34 is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He was supposed to be uh, the number one running option over there in Kansas City. I'm sorry. He's so bad. I forgot where he was at. And they don't run the ball. Like, I think he has, I think he had a decent game this week, you know, but like, it's nothing that matches his value as a top three round running back that was drafted this year. And that's super disappointing. Glad I slept on him. Wide receiver 65. This is so surprising when I was looking this up. I had no idea he was doing this bad this year. And it's not his fault. It's his quarterback's fault. It's Allen Robinson. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields looked terrible. Andy Dalton looks terrible. The Bears look terrible. And Allen Robinson at wide receiver 65. I'm, he's not going to finish there. He'll finish top 30. But... For where he was drafted, this is not good if you're his owner right now. Look to trade him while you can, if possible. And then Kyle Pitts at tight end 13. There's not a lot of depth at the tight end position, but the fact that Kyle Pitts is supposed to be a top five tight end, he's now number 13 through three weeks, is very concerning. And that Atlanta offense is... And then what we're going to look at is we're going to look at things that we know after the first three weeks of fantasy football. Number one is Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup is elite. If you can trade for one of them, if not both of them, do it now before no one's going to no one's gonna trade them. People probably won't trade them now, but you have a better chance now than later. Next, Mike Williams and Justin Herbert. Those boys are tight over there. Mike Williams is on track to be wide receiver number two so far through the first three weeks of fantasy, and he could very well finish his top five. And then the Falcons are are trash but like trash to where they're not even winning like they're gonna they're losing games and they're not performing they're not putting up points which is what we're so used to the Falcons doing they're losing but they're gonna get mad yards through the air it's not happening this year either and that sucks because I freaking have Mike Davis and I have Calvin Ridley but you know what is what it is also please stretch your hamstrings please stretch your hamstrings I can't count how many people got hurt off of my team this year because they haven't stretched their hamstrings enough. <sighs> Anyways, that's it for Fantasy Corner Week 3. It's your boy, Gerard. Make sure you get at me, G-Man underscore is the man, Twitter and Instagram. And I'll catch y'all next week for week, for week 4. Go Bills, baby. Go Bills, baby. Thank you, Gerard, for the fantasy insight. I am... Make sure you guys stretch your hamstrings. Make sure you stretch. Come get on, that stretch, stretch. every day, man. Come on, just keep get your a, body nimble. Just, just get limber. Be, be, like, be loose. Like we want, yes. Just stretch, stretch. <laughs> uh, yeah. So good insight over there. If you guys can trade for Cooper Cup or anybody like that, go ahead and do it. And Matt Ryan supporters, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's not Matty Ice anymore. So. Moving on over, we have a wild, wild, wild card race going on in the American League. It is honestly impressive that there are still five teams still in this. And before we get too super into all the details, I want to just mention this stat that was brought to me on Twitter that is pretty ridiculous and needs to be mentioned. So, with the five teams still available, there is a way for this season to end in a five-way tie. 
That's all insane. Five, yeah, and there is no rule for a five-way tie breaker. So I don't know how they would do this. But, all right. So, if the Yankees go one and five in their next six games with one win against Toronto, and that's the funny part here. Like, some of these wins are, like, very specific, right? Boston goes two and four. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter which way. Toronto goes three and three with two wins against the Yankees. Seattle goes four and two with one win against Oakland. And Oakland goes five and one with two wins against Seattle. Each team will end 90 and 72 in a five way tie for the American League wildcard with two spots available. What happens? What do you do? What well, do you do? Let's, let's talk about what was our plan that, that we had earlier before the episode. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, here's our plan, right? You take the biggest guy from every team. And granted, this is biased because the Yankees are the biggest team of all time. Mm-hmm. You take the biggest guy from your team and you throw him in a ring and they fight. WWE, put him in a steel cage. Who wins? You got two you winners. End up, you end up losing that guy because they're, they're just pummeled. Well, if, if they do, in fact, are, if they are, in fact, pummeled, if you win, if Judge goes in there and just beats the dog poop out of everybody, then shout out. <laughs> but you, you, you go in with that guy expecting to lose them potentially due to injury. So you're not going to put Judge, right? You're just not. You're going to go ahead and put Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt or Gary Sanchez, somebody <laughs> who's dispensable. No, Gary's not dispensable, but I'll say it till I die. Um, <laughs> and you, you put these guys in the ring. I want I want to see Luke Voigt versus Hunter Renfro. That's just beefcake versus beefcake. It's kind of sick. Um, you do that, and uh, the last two guys available make it to the wild card. Good luck in your one game playoff, boys. Or you just make that the one game playoff at that point. <laughs> Whoever comes out on top plays the race. Yeah, play the race. Yeah, I'm I'm here for that. Yeah. Put it on pay-per-view. Charge Ooh. people. Fight Island. Fight Island. <laughs> Yo. And, and the this ring is, a, is just in the grass inside the diamond. This That's is it. a UFC podcast now. And, yes. <laughs> and uh, we are strictly dedicating our time to this fight. Make it happen. But yeah, I mean, the fact that that's even possible. Granted, it's not going to happen. Just throw that out there. It's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I want it to happen. I do too. At this point, I'm all in on the five-way American League wildcard tie. I'm in two. Red Sox are not going two and four in their last six. So, but I wonder if it's still possible for a four-way tie if everything else happens, mm-hmm. which I think it is. Yankees, Toronto, Mariners, A's. Could be kind of cool. Uh, don't see the A's doing that. They'd have to sweep Houston. They just swept Houston, actually. So what am I saying? Who knows? I don't know. They swept... That's what's crazy about the wild card, right? The A's come into this weekend in a pretty decent spot. They were like a game back at the Blue Jays. They get swept by the Mariners. Now the Mariners win six in a row. They're in a good spot. Then the Mariners lose two straight to the to the Angels, who have just been terrible all year. Pretty much worked their way out of the mix. And then the A's, after getting swept, then sweep the Astros. I don't know what's going on in that West Division. There's it's a debacle. Wild West, baby. That's a debacle. And then the uh, the Blue Jays start off this this weekend losing two to the 
to the Twins, you can't be doing that when you're fighting for a spot. No. And we know what happened with the Yankees, if you want to tell them. I'll get too excited. (laughs) Yankees sweep the Red Sox. Coming into a very, very big rivalry weekend. They come out with the sweep. And now, after that, they're scheduled to play the Blue Jays for three games. And then the Tampa Bay first place Rays to end the season. Maybe the hardest schedule of all teams to end the year? Like, of every team in baseball? So, this Unless, is... Like, yeah. This is wild. Because it's not only the Yankees trying to get in to do that. Now you got the Blue Jays in the same same series fighting for their life, too. Yeah, so, and, and you got to think, if the Yankees beat the Blue Jays twice in this series, they're out. Yeah. They're done. Yeah. Unless the Red Sox wind up losing games too, and some other nonsense happens, but if you lose these first two games, if you're Toronto, you're looking at yourself being four games back at the Yankees. Four. When oh, last God. week they were two ahead, so that is not a good week. Some would say it's a bad week. Some. Yeah. <laughs> some. Some would say it's a bad week. Um, but then I mean, you flip that on its head. The Blue Jays come out and sweep the Yankees. They're a game up on them now. And so it, there's so much at stake in this series. Uh, Yankees got to take one of these games. And if they take one of them, they're looking at a pretty decent spot, right? Uh, not the best, but they still control their own destiny, which I'm, I'm not a big fan of that phrase, by the way. Uh, destiny is already like predetermined, right? Like that's the point. So like control your own like path maybe i don't really know because destiny is predetermined so why are we controlling something that we have no control over that don't make sense you can influence it no it's already determined it's already set if it's destiny it was destined to happen it was meant to be no matter what you got the power though to change destiny i like that better the power to change destiny not not yeah i like that better you're 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 in control of the power and great power (laughs) comes great responsibility and you're responsible for where you end up in the destiny of the placement this is true this is true and i mean when you have that responsibility you know what's the worst thing that you can do with that responsibility and that power fumble it get swept at home by your arch rival (laughs) in the in the biggest rivalry in sports that's not barcelona and real madrid i like to put that caveat because obviously that's a whole different thing um you let them come into your house, up two games on them, and just bully you. You let Giancarlo Stanton rock you to bed at night singing sweet lullabies. Sweet and Caroline. Singing sweet <laughs> Caroline. And at the end of it, every time there's a the ba ba ba, it's the sound of his bat hitting the ball 116 miles an hour. Oh, just a quick edit, but boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's insane. Which, that's a good edit, Let's by the way. talk about those two home runs. Out of, out of the many that he hit, they just went out of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. These weren't wall scrapers. No. These weren't to right field. To, no, they were over and out of the green monster. These were not uh, Yankee short porchers by any means. The Grand Slam on Saturday was 450 feet and 416 off the bat, which Staten, with that one, I don't remember the exact number, but I think he had 38 home runs of 450 feet or further which was like 27 more than the next person 
So anybody watching this right now who has slandered <laughs> so Giancarlo Stanton. You're stupid. You're goofy. he's been hurt and said that he sucks and will never be a good player again. Goofy. We got a comment thing down here. Somewhere down here. Go go ahead. Type it in. Click on it. Say I'm sorry. sorry. Say I'm sorry. We will take all of them and send it to Giancarlo. Yeah. Formal apologies. Yeah, it's true. Right now. It's true. And one thing I'm proud of us. Us two as individuals. We've never been part of that. We've never no. been part of the Giancarlo noise. We've always stood by him. We thought he's great. He's struggled at times. But we've always been Giancarlo fans. We, we always just said, stay on the field. Be yeah. healthy. And you're good. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's plenty of guys on this team. And just in sports in general that we are not <laughs> fans of. Um, there's too many to count. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> not even going down that road. No, it's just rude. That's too, that's too much negativity for this this lovely morning we're in. But I don't know. Giancarlo's been awesome. Judge's been awesome. They've both been healthy. And speaking of awesome, if you go to this other team out in the National League, the Cardinals have been absolutely on fire. They're one win away from the longest winning streak. In, sec- in August or September, ever, in all really? of baseball, yes. Really? I think they're tied right now at 16. Yeah, they're at 16 right now. And the record would be 17. Wow. They, That's impressive. They, they were two games above 500 before this streak started. They were pretty far back in the standings, too. I think they were like four games back of the Reds. Now they're five... Five, six, seven games above the Reds. They're pretty much going to lock in their playoff spot when they win tomorrow. Like, this team, out of nowhere, is firing on all cylinders. Tyler O'Neill's hitting the cover off the ball. Harrison Bader's hitting big home runs. I mean, they're getting quality pitching out of their bullpen. I don't know what else to say about this team besides they are very scary for a 104 potential win team in the Dodgers to play in a wild card game. Yeah. Because you play you play well all season. The Dodgers have the best ERA in baseball. They have the best pitching staff in baseball outside of their bullpen. Their bullpen's been okay. Mm-hmm. They have nine million all-stars all over their infield now field. And they have to play the hottest team in baseball coming into this wild card. Granted, if the Cardinals don't slip and fall their, their last six games, but I don't think they will. I think and the they, thing is, in their last 30, they've gone 23-7. and seven. So you yeah. would think the last six games you're going at least over five hundred. Right? At least four and two, right? Worst at case, least. probably. Yeah. Uh, and it's like not like they're not like going to fumble it that hard. They've not been playing bad teams either. They played the Padres, who were fighting for a playoff spot. The Padres, one of the biggest fall offs we've ever seen. There were seventeen games above five hundred, and as of today, they are even to five hundred. So I don't know what happened. There, I know the pitching hasn't been great. Blake Snell hasn't pitched very well. Uh, the only pitcher really there has been Hugh Darvish. Uh, they've struggled a lot. That Adam Frazier trade did not work. They have made a lot of questionable trades this full year that have really set them back, and I'm not convinced that they'll be able to recover from it. I know it's like a bold statement. And it's but... crazy because it feels like they've been doing a lot of stuff right when it comes to transactions. And, and they were. They this they... team. Yeah, they and were pushing all the right buttons. One of their biggest stretches in a year where it's like, okay, th- everything's here. You just got to put it on the field and perform, and you guys could do big things. Yeah. And then it looked like it was going to happen in the beginning of the year. And then just 
come the All-Star break, a little bit after that, it, it was just going downhill like crazy, man. Yeah, and it's been a very, uh, it's been a rough couple months, And then, honestly. especially when you see the video of uh, Machado yelling at Tatis, that just sums it all up. Like, damn, what's going on inside the clubhouse? Yeah, and I mean, granted, that was just like a leadership moment from Manny. I don't it think was, there, there but, was but too again, much into like, that, but but it shows like the stress that this team is, was under yeah. for the, for a couple weeks, like fighting for their life to try and get some wins, mm-hmm. couldn't get it because they're playing the Giants and the Dodgers every other week, and uh, those those are those are two one hundred win teams. And I mean, even the bottom end of that division, the Rockies were not a free win this year, so yeah. it's tough. Uh, Padres will be back next year. They'll have Mike Clevenger back next year too, so they should have a better pitching staff. I think we should still expect a lot from them. Their window is closing though. Trading all the young guys, Luis Patino, trading all these guys might not have been the move though. Might not have been the move. Yeah, that that window's closing and closing quick. Yeah, so. And I'm a big Padre guy. I've been on the hype train with them for a while. I had them in my picks for this year. So it's tough to see. But you're definitely right about that window closing and closing fast. And it's crazy how it happens in sports, man. Like, it kind of felt like that for a long time in this, uh, this Yankee season, too. I mean, the team was struggling, and it was, like, clearly player provided struggles. And you're just for the longest time just thinking, this is it. And mm. and, they, and they've kind of proved otherwise that this team should probably be given another chance and give Joey Gallo a full season and maybe go pick up a shortstop or whatever that might be. But I, I was never it's a little too, different, though. Yeah, I was never too down like that with the Yankees. I always thought, okay, if they could just get it rolling for a little bit, we're good. Like, even at the lowest point, we can get it rolling. And I just want to go back to the Padres real quick. When... When we talk about the window closing, it's more of a window of certainty of like, okay, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. can make a run. Because this team will continue to stay talented yeah. over the course of the next five, seven, yeah, they're, they're maybe too young, not 10 to. years. They're, they're, yeah, they're they too will young. stay competitive. But in the sense of like, okay, we are a championship contending team. Knowing it that, going into a season. That window is closing. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, because obviously, like, you look at teams like the Cardinals, and I don't think anybody thought they even had a window to be opened. Like, I, I think they got yeah. I think they got Arenado, and people were like, okay, they'll probably win that division, but yeah. who cares? And now, granted, the Brewers have been fantastic this year, and that's a window that is wide open. That team is really good, and they're going to be really good for a while. Um, yeah. Very Rays-esque, by the way. The, We've, we've talked about it in the past. There's pitching factories, right? You have the Yankees pitching factory, who they just produce fantastic relievers out of nowhere. The Indians, just great starting pitchers. I mean, they even got a, a bunch of them over there now, even after all the deals. Uh, the Rays, who just, not so much a factory for making pitchers, but they like take guys with the stuff that haven't produced and succeeded and put them in good situations. And then the second they leave, they stink again. <laughs> And um, and then the Brewers are just putting themselves right there in the mix. They have the best starting pitching staff in baseball. Not so much numbers-wise, depth-wise, but those top three are not a top three you want to see at all in the playoffs. Corbin Burns is probably going to win a Cy Young this year. 
and Brandon Woodruff has not been much worse. So it's they got some talent over there. And, and they as were, long as they could keep their anchor on the field, with Christian Yelich. Yeah, I mean Yelich. The crazy thing is Yelich has been one of their middle hitters this year. This year yeah. it's all been about Willie Adamas and Avisiel Garcia, which are great pickups. Yeah, I mean, these are guys Great that pickups. they kind of just pick up. They went and got Eduardo Escobar, who's been really good for them since they got him at the deadline. Like, it, that's the crazy thing about this team. It's not Yelich. And if Yelich can, like, put lightning in a bottle and kind of throw back vintage Yelich for this playoff run, I don't know if anybody in the National League can beat them if if that can happen because he hasn't even been which, good which this is, year. Which is why I say keep their anchor. Like, he's definitely not what's got them to this point. But yeah. To have him on the field, you know that Christian Yelich is just waiting to explode in the back. But if he's not there, then that that's a tough, tough piece to just not have out there. For sure. So, but yeah, the Brewers are really impressive. Giants, I'm really, really interested to see what's going to happen with them. I've, I feel like I've never, I feel like I've never been more. You know what the Giants remind me of? And it's kind of a mean What's thing to say. But you know what they remind me of? What's that? They remind me of the 2014 Atlanta Hawks. And I think that's the year. The year that the Atlanta Hawks had five All-Stars. <laughs> they were really, really good. They, they dominated the regular season. They had plenty of guys that had career years, and that was the main reason for it. I mean, if you look at this Giants team, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, Buster Posey, Evan Longoria are all having career either years or rejuvenation years. And there's plenty more uh, that are doing it. That team, just everybody on that team is overachieving. Um, they kind of remind me of that, and I don't know how it's going to work in the playoffs. I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I trust it, especially when you have a team with the Dodgers who every year in that NLCS and, you know. And now – Let's take a little trip to the NL East wild card. Little, little thing we got going on with the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. Just sneaking. Very sneakily. Very sneakily. They had a bad couple of weeks. The Braves yeah. just couldn't extend their lead. And here the Phillies are two games back. They have, mm-hmm. a, they have a big series against the Braves, I think, starting today or tomorrow. Oh, they're two and a half games back. So Philly's got to at least win two of these games, put themselves in a situation where they're one, one and a half games back and leave it to the last three games. I don't I don't like it. I don't like them to wind up making the playoffs. No. Two, and a, two and a half back with six left is pretty rough. It's really rough, but really, really out there. So, And the issue is I still don't trust their bullpen. And even if their bullpen gets them through – these games, they are not in any type of shape outside of the fact that Bryce Harper is probably going to win MVP to play the Brewers in the first round. Yeah. They're just not. And honestly, shout out to Milwaukee because they get to play the win- like one of these two teams. They get to play the Braves or the Phillies and not the Dodgers or the Giants or the Cardinals. Like they somehow just fully swerved that bullet. And that's honestly kind of how the Astros are feeling right now, too. The Astros are going to be the second seed in the American League. And they don't have to play the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Blue Jays or the Mariners, who are all 
very, very dangerous teams. And I mean, the White Sox are very, it's very good. It's insane to me. But, yeah. you know, you, you hear me. It's insane to me that the three AL East teams are fighting for their life to play in this one game gauntlet just to play another division rival in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. It's crazy. And then the White Sox are sitting there, la di da, we beat the crap out of the Royals all year. Yeah, like, <laughs> la <La-dee-da. laughs> It is crazy, man. That's it's pretty funny, but hey, that's baseball. That is that's that baseball, is baby. that is certainly baseball. And we got uh, a week left till the most fun part of baseball, postseason baseball. It's, it's, it's almost it's back. Different, it's man. almost back. It's, it's right different. there. It's right there. I'm super wait. excited for it. Uh, we'll have a whole playoff preview for you guys next week, or probably next week. If not on Monday, sometime next week, whenever the, the picture is done. We'll have a playoff preview for you guys. Break out, break down all that in a little bit more detail when we know for sure the matchups. And I am excited for it. Get ready for October baseball, baby. The best Absolutely. time of the year. Gets a little best chilly. Time best year. time of the year. Get your hoodies out, baby. Get hoodies your hoodies out. Coming. So thank you guys again. Make sure you go follow us on IG, TikTok, Twitter, at underscore the spectators. We'll be back with you guys next Monday for another live episode on YouTube. And if you don't subscribe to us there, go check us out. Since Much you love. guys are on YouTube already, we got some cool vlogs out. Go check it out. Show, them, show us some love. True. And yeah, man. Catch us next week. We're going to miss you guys. Appreciate it. Stay tuned.